Okay, we're good to go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fan Team Focus live stream. I'm joined with Sean. Jack couldn't make it today, or he might be able to drop in halfway through. He's got some uh, emergency going on. We are going to do a mid-season review. We've got some beautiful slides to go through, 20 of them. We're going to talk about every single team. Um, me and Sean put them together ourselves, right, Sean? Yeah, well, it didn't take us too long in the end, did it? So didn't take teamwork. teamwork makes the dream work. A bit of teamwork made the dream work this week. Um, but yeah, Sean's being uh, modest. It took us absolutely ages. So <laughs> definitely hit the like button, definitely hit subscribe. Um, I got the agenda here. We're going to talk about the season review, mid-season review. We do a team-by-team -team analysis, as I said. Um, on that analysis, we'll have SOS, that's meant to be SOT, shots on target per 90, non-penalty expected goals per 90, as well as 90-minute men. And we will also reveal our second chance teams at the end, as well as Jack's. And like I said, Jack might be joining us halfway through if you can um, get onto the Zoom call. Sean, how are we doing? You had a bit of luck with Bowen so far, is it? A bit of jam? Yeah, not too. Yeah, we're just obviously recording this on Wednesday night, just as the West Ham game's about to finish, and yeah, Bowen's just got his second. So good for me in FPL and, and fan team. I've got him captain in both, less so in, in the Sky game. Um, going to take a massive hit because I've not I've got him. But overall, yeah, decent return for a player that over the last few weeks definitely been sort of talking him up because he's just looked, he's the main man for West Ham really, isn't it? You have actually you have been talking about him for quite a while. To be fair to you, yeah, you have. I'm obviously slightly bitter because although I own him in FPL, for example, I have captained Antonio, and unless he scores in the next five minutes, I'm going to be a, a little bit depressed for the next sixty minutes. But I think he's been subbed, but just just to oh, just to ruin your evening, he could even oh. give you the suspense of a few more minutes. But yeah, I think he's been subbed. Off. I think he's my captain in the fan team game as well. Okay, never mind. We're going to talk about the second chance. I've got the graphic up here. £100,000 prize pool, 20 grand to the first place prize. There's a lot of uh, promotion going on over Twitter now at the moment. Sam Allardyce being interviewed by all the big guns in terms of FPL. So um, it's looking good. It's looking exciting. There's some differences, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Like I say, we've got our teams and everything. But what we wanted to do first is just do a mid-season review. And like I said, we'll talk about the statistics that I mentioned earlier. Now we've got about 26 slides for you today, guys. So we're just going to go straight into team number one because we don't want to take up two hours of your time. It's Arsenal. So, Sean, you put the numbers in, basically, didn't you, for, for the majority or for all of these slides, Sean put the numbers in, and I think I dealt with the, the kind of cleaning it up a little bit graphically and stuff like that. Um, so let me ask you about the numbers here we've got shots on target pin like Aubameyang is obviously top of this list someone who we can disregard you reckon I think so obviously he's, he's at Akon at the moment anyway um, but I think even even when he's back I, don't, I can't see a way given that I think Lacazette seems to be the, the main man up top and they've got obviously four youngsters that play behind in those three spots I can't see how he's going to get back in there's rumours of him going to another Premier League team so um, as far as I'm concerned yeah he's probably and avoid for the Arsenal team, definitely. Smithrow underneath, 1.19. Uh, that was quite surprising to me to see him second. But, well, actually, when you look at 90 minutes, I was going to say, but he's not playing that much. But when we look at 90 minutes over on the right-hand side, he's actually second with eight 90 minutes. Maybe it's just a recent thing where he's not been playing in the 90s, right? Or not been starting. 
Yeah, I mean, I think over, especially over the last probably what four or five games, he's been the one that's dropped out of those those four that sit in behind Lacazette. Um, but he has come on in quite a few of the games and scored with like he's come on with like 10, 15 minutes ago and still scored. So that probably does up his shots on target by ninety because if he's only playing ten minutes, but he's having a, he's having a shot on target every time. In fact, it's showing that he's having nine shots for 90 minutes at that sort of that rate so maybe skewed a little bit by that but we have taken all this data over the whole season we haven't taken it um over a number of weeks so he probably he, do, he does look good when he plays but it is just the fact that um is he is he likely to play um which i think is the issue with a lot of those arsenal apart from lacazette um a lot of those arsenal midfielders but as we know with the um the second chance tournament we do have the safety net in in place so if you choose a player that doesn't start that game week, um, the next priced player underneath him in the same position for the same club automatically comes in. Now, a couple of things just to bear in mind with that is even if your player that you selected comes on after, that doesn't matter. It's only the person that starts. And I know that Fantine um, had clarified, because I think with double game weeks coming up and stuff, people were querying about the fact that what if my player doesn't start, like start one game, starts the other? Effectively, if he starts one of the two games in a double game week, so even if he doesn't start the first, if he starts the second one in a double game week, he would automatically be where you'd score points. So even if he came on only with 10 minutes to go in the first game, you'd get those points plus the, the points from him starting in the second. If he starts neither, then it drops down on the safety net in terms of um, you get the next, um, the cheapest player um, for that team in that position. And if you look at Arsenal in terms of the safety net at the moment, and again, to bear in mind throughout the season, prices will fluctuate. So at the moment, Saka is, I ignore Pepe at the moment, but for Arsenal, Saka is valued at 6.7 million. Odegaard is next with Smithrow, both are 6.4 and Martinelli's 5.8. So if you went for Saka, um, it would drop down. He didn't start. It would drop down to, I think if players are on the same price, it drops down to the most informed player. Um, and at the moment, that is Odegaard over Smithrow. Um, but you have to bear in mind that if if you chose um, Saka as your starter and then Odegaard became more expensive than Saka, you wouldn't be able to get Saka, uh, Odegaard as a safety net. Also, oh, price changes through. could screw yes. you over. So that is something to bear in mind with a few of them that obviously quite a few have big gaps. So I'm thinking Salah, Mane, Jota, there's, there's two million between each of them. But for those that are a lot closer, you just have to bear in mind that only a slight increase or decrease on some positions means that your safety net would change. So just because Saka at the moment is Odegaard, it could quite easily become someone like Martinelli, which isn't still too bad, but there will probably be some examples where uh, you get a worse safety net, so to speak. Let's move on to the next team then, and we'll continue the conversation, obviously. Um, what's interesting about that is obviously the, the fact that the player starts, right? But if he if he comes on, you don't get his points. So it kind of removes like an element of risk that's there in other kind of formats of the game, right? Because you're not getting your one pointers, so called one pointers, etc. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been mentioned by um, I've listened to a couple of spaces with Josh, the obviously current season long champion, um, and Greg, who does the, the stats for us as well. Um, and they've mentioned the Man City midfield is the prime example. You don't usually go there. Well. You're more wary of going there in FPL, for example, because you literally don't know who's going to start. You could choose Amares, for example, and he could come on with 10 minutes to go and you get a one-pointer. Whereas with this, 
um, and the Man City midfielders being the best example is you could choose a, so Sterling is 9.6. If he doesn't play, you get Mares, if not Foden, if not Grealish. So you're basically just choosing a Man City midfielder and you know roughly what the um, order is of them you're going to get if they don't start. So I think it really does take, uh, take it takes that risk out of it. And I think I've played the Champions League uh, qualifying game uh, for the group stages. It's the same format. And I chose a triple Chelsea defence because they had a relatively easy group apart from the Juventus um, and just chose, I think obviously chose Mendy in goal, knowing that if he didn't play, Kepa would come in straight away. And I chose James and Chilwell, obviously not injured at that point, knowing that if they don't play, you're going to get a start, a decent starting Chelsea defender in any way. So you're really picking, in certain cases, you're picking for a position and a club rather than necessarily the player because you know whichever player comes in in this group of three or four, is a decent option, whoever it is. And I think the bigger teams are probably the ones that fall into that category, I'd say. 100%, yeah. Now, we're on Aston Villa now, and I'm just looking at the uh, the prices here. Obviously, Philip Coutinho's come in as a new player, 6.5 million. It's now the most expensive Aston Villa asset. Obviously, doesn't factor into our um, data here, but it's definitely someone to bear in mind in terms of safety net, etc. coming in at the top there. Watkins 1.06 shots on target per 90 minutes and he's top of everything here, right, Sean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, anyone that sort of listened to any of these before, I, I love Watkins in terms of the fact, I mean, we've chosen these three metrics. We've chosen shots on targets in 90-minute men because that's where you get extra points on top of FPL, for example. Um, and Watkins, yeah, loves shooting and pretty much plays. He's played 15 times there, but I think he's only been available for 16 games. So of the 19 that Villa have played, I think he missed the first three. I think he was injured. Um, so literally, if he plays, he tends to play the full 90. So you're starting on three points with him. And he only needs, like, he has one shot every 90 as well. So really, he's starting on 3.4 points every game. Um, and I think, I don't know what you, if you saw the game on, um, was it Monday night, the Man U Cup game? I mean, for me, Villa looked the, the better team there. Um, and I think, adding Coutinho into that mix as well um, and given the fixtures uh, Villa have got 19 games left so that's a few more than some teams um, they've obviously got Manu again this weekend but then they've got their fixture run is is really good they've got Everton, Leeds Newcastle, Watford, Brighton in the next five and even then it stretches to Southampton, West Ham, Arsenal, Wolves so they don't really play the big the big teams until the back end of the season so I think in the season long and especially the second chance game, um, I think they're they're definitely one to target. The only thing with Watkins, there isn't at the moment, there isn't a safety net. So Ings is 0.2 more expensive. There's Cameron Archer, but uh, he's not likely to play. If Watkins is injured, they're more likely to revert to Ings up top on his own with three behind him, I would say. Um, so that's just something to bear in mind. Whereas some people, if they get injured or suspended, you probably don't have to transfer them out because you've got the safety net. Whereas if you choose someone like Watkins, and the same would be for Antonio and Kane, potentially, if anything goes wrong with any of those, there is no safety net, really. Therefore, you would have to make a transfer with others. You wouldn't potentially have to. So you've got Danny Ings there priced at 7.8 million, just 0.2 above Watkins. So potentially something to think about there. If, if, you're, if you're an Ollie Watkins fan, maybe go for Danny Ings. But... I couldn't really see Danny Ings missing out that much, do you? Just maybe no, coming off early. Yeah, unlike the sort of Man City midfielders where 
you go for a price and if they don't play you get someone decent I think if you want Watkins you have to go for Watkins but it could be if Watkins does well in the next two three four weeks his price could go over rings anyway yeah in which case you automatically pick up um pick up a safety net anyway and they are quite close only point two between at the moment so but for me yeah Villa I'm quite interested in um obviously cash defensively um like I said those fixtures look decent defensive fixtures as well for me cash looks really threatening going forward he's five million um, and the one that's, I don't know if it's over the line yet or not, but obviously they have rumoured to have bought Digne from Everton. I think he, at the moment, he's 5.3 in the game. But he, again, could be another um, another really good option. Um, and I wouldn't be put off by people going for at least one of those defensive assets with those, with those fixtures coming up. Definitely. Brentford next. Ivan Tony popping up in there. All three of these metrics. Top of the 90 minutes. Second on non-penalty expected goal involvement per 90. Not a huge number though. What, 0.35 shots on target per 90 though. 0.82. No real safety net underneath him. Um, just looking here. Umbuemo comes top of price in terms of midfielders. He's top of the non-penalty Expected goal involvement per 90 minutes here as well. And he also pops in on the 90-minute men, having 10 90 minutes over the season so far. Sean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I've, again, I've been quite um, bullish on Tony. Um, also, just again, he's a guaranteed starter. Again, he's played 17. I'm pretty sure he missed three games of injury or suspension. So if he's fit, he plays a full 90 as well. So again, he's another that starts on on three he is on penalties I think they've only scored one maybe two this year but the thing that the differentiate between him and Watkins is they both have the 90 minutes they both have relatively similar shots on target per 90 but Watkins just seems to have he play he's playing in a team that looks more likely they're going to score goals I don't think Brentford they started the season quite well but I think like a lot of promoted teams that come up with something a little bit different, like I remember Sheffield United a few years ago with the overlapping centre-backs or whatever it was, after everyone's played them once and seen them for half a season, I think they get figured out a little bit and they don't look at the moment like they can necessarily have a plan B. So I'm probably less um, less sort of taken by Tony um, at the moment. They do obviously have a double the first week in the, in the um, second chance tournament. However, that is Liverpool and Man U, so it's not the most appealing. Um, they then play Wolves, but then they've got Man City. And we know Wolves are quite decent defensively as well, so I probably would go without them um, in the season, in the second chance. But in terms of the, the season long, I, I, I love Norgard, still love him, in terms of the fact that he's that cheap four and a half million midfielder. Um, and as we can see on that the graphic there, he's played 16 times. Uh, 90 minutes so that's an extra point which is which is all you want for um, for that sort of thing I think I played in quite a few times this week just for the fact that Brentford had two games so that's six points just for um, just for doing nothing essentially Yeah I'm right behind you on that Norgard one there Sean if any of you are thinking about uh, getting Brentford defenders or the goalkeeper though just my advice is steer clear I, I got um, probably a total of five points from him in FPL this week and a double game week um, so it's just uh, scarred me for life in terms of that. The next team is Brighton. When we talk about Brighton, we've got players like Welbeck, Trossard coming in on the shots per 90, Mopay, and 
I don't know. I can't pronounce that guy's name, Sean. Who's that there underneath um, my page? Um, Wepo. Um, Wepo. Wepo. In terms of non-penalty expected goal involvement, 90, 90 minutes is though. Trossard popping up on 13. He's a name that's come up on stream a couple of times. But I don't know. I don't trust I don't trust him. Um, what do you think about Brighton, Sean? I think, I mean, I I don't know about you. I've, the last few days, I've sort of not really thought a huge amount, probably last week since the sort of FPL stopped, sort of taking a bit of a backseat and not really thought too much about it. Um, but I look at the fixtures and Brighton, again, start with a double in the second chance game. They've got Palace and Chelsea. Um, and I think Lewis Dunk is rumoured to be back soon. I think it makes a big difference to that team. Um, I think I, I'm tempted to... I'm probably going to enter two or three teams into the seat in the second chance one. And I think in one of them, I may well go double Brighton in terms of two assets, just because trying to get a quick start. Um, they've got a double game week the first week, and then they've got fixtures of Leicester, Watford, Burnley, Villa. The only thing to bear in mind with Brighton is they do have a blank... I think it's the third game week because they should have played Chelsea, but Chelsea at the Club World Cup. Um, so that is the only thing to bear in mind. But I think for me, defensively, they're all the same, really. I would say Lamptey probably offers you the most attacking potential. I quite like Solly March as well. Um, he doesn't tend to play that often in terms of start, but with the safety net, um, you're going to have he's the third most expensive defender. So you're going to have a defender coming for him. doesn't really matter who it is, but he has had the most, I think the second most shots on target for a defender this year in the whole game. Um, I think it's Cancelo is top, but then it's Trent and Solly March are second. Um, so if he does start, there is a chance that he will, he could have a shot on target. They get slightly more from that. Um, so I think defensively is one option, but for, yeah, for me, Trossard is the one to go for because I think he's on penalties, from what I can remember. I do think they tend to flick about quite a bit. Um, but he plays 90. Again, he's missed a few games of injury, but I think he plays 90 most of the time. And if you look at the shots on target, I think Welbeck and McAllister are slightly skewed by the fact they've not had a huge amount of minutes, whereas Trossard has had the minutes and is still averaging a shot on target a game. So for me, Trossard is, a, is a, an option, definitely, in the, in the game. We're going to talk about defensive numbers at the end of uh, the team, each team. So that's definitely something to bear in mind because the player that I would want the most out of Brighton probably isn't on this list, and that's Lamptey and probably even Sanchez as well. Um, Lamptey, he hasn't been playing much recently. Obviously, he's had a... I don't know what injury it was, but he's had a long spell out. Um, but he's looking so, so promising, and they look like he, they've managed his return quite well. Um, but just something to bear in mind for you guys watching. There are players that might not necessarily pop up in these top three stats, which could be like the ones that I, I know I'm looking at, for example. So um, Burnley next. Maxwell Corney is on our graphic here, and he does come top of shots on target per 90. I believe he's away at the African Cup of Nations. Sean, am I right? He is, yeah, yeah. He comes up on top of the non-penalty expected goal moment for 90 as well. He's quite an exciting player. Um, Chris Wood is going to Newcastle, if you believe anything you hear on uh, Twitter, or, or I don't even know where I've heard it, actually, but it's, it sounds like it's happening. 90 minutes is Westwood, McNeil, Brownhill, the FPL darling, who I think has had COVID recently or something, hasn't he? 
I mean, I find it very difficult to get excited about Burnley. I don't know if it's just me. Um, what about you? Yeah, I mean, the the three sort of, for the 90-minute men, the three that stick out are those three at the top there. They always tend to play the 90. But in turn, McNeil used to be quite attacking, but it doesn't have the numbers this year uh, to back him up. Westwood's on set pieces, but I think in in especially in the second chance game, you don't really want plodders. You want people that are going to get you sort of the potential to have serious points. Um, so the only one I like from Burnley, from an attacking sense, is Corne. Um, but it, it's worked out reasonably well. Burnley have the most games still to play out of everyone. They've still got 21 games to play in this second chance tournament. Their fixtures currently, they've got Leicester, who are obviously depleted at the moment. I don't know if that game's going to go ahead or not yet, because obviously Leicester has postponed the last one. They've got Watford, but then they've got Arsenal, Man U, Liverpool and Brighton. So their games aren't great until mid-February. But then after that, they could have the most games of anyone left and have Corne back. So I'd be looking at getting him in sort of mid-February um, to sort of take advantage of the fact that I think he'd probably be even more the main man if Wood goes. Um, because I think I think they brought him as a left-back originally and they've pushed him up into midfield. I could see him playing behind whoever the striker is, Rodriguez, Vidra, whoever. Um, so yeah, he'd be the only attacking option I'd go for. I'm tempted, I'm less tempted so now, I think. But I think... With the, just the games in hand, I think Pope would be a good option, the keeper, just because he's got keepers tend to, on the whole, score roughly the same. And the fact he's got, in some cases, four more games than a lot of other teams. So Chelsea, Man City and West Ham, they've got four more games um, over those teams. Um, but I'm looking at maybe having a keeper for the first few games, while Burnley's games are difficult. And then around sort of mid-February, their, their um, fixtures do drop off. Um, and that's when I think I'd try and get Pope in but they're the only two that I'm looking at at the moment I would say Two fixtures this week as well for Burnley right and the home fixtures Burnley's home numbers look quite good right so um, well I say quite good they look okay from what I've seen in terms of defensively so hear me out here I'm thinking not only Pope but potentially Charlie Taylor or Matt Lowton as well yeah, I mean, that's when it when this first came out, you saw the fixtures originally. You, you see the volume of games Burnley have got. Um, Attacking-wise, you probably don't want to go there, aside from Cornet when he comes back, potentially. Um, I did originally, in one time, have a triple up defensively, because I thought, if you're going to go for it, if you're going to go for one and you're going to go for two, you might as well go all in for three, because you, if they don't get a clean sheet, you're knackered anyway. And just the, the volume of games they've got, and especially the first week, Watford and Leicester, Leicester are depleted and Watford aren't as free-scoring as they used to be. The four after that are the ones that worry me in, in Arsenal, Man U, Liverpool and Brighton. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm definitely toying with the idea of going for like a, a, def, a block defence and they've got the best fixtures in the first game. I'm quite surprised that on the 90 minutes um, column here, we haven't got like just everybody on 90 minutes because Sean Dyche likes to play his players like every week like yeah. do you know what I mean like um, I'm sure when you were looking at the numbers maybe there was like six people on 1390s or something like that or was, was it or maybe I'm I wrong. think there was quite a, I think the pro, I think those three tend to play a lot of them but then you'll get so I'm thinking, thinking strikers here so like you've got Wood, Barnes, Vidra and Rodriguez so you tend to like bring one off with 10 minutes to give it the does other take one them one off, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I think he does. They obviously those three play midfield. I think he takes whoever the other one is. It would be, is it Goodmanson? Johan Goodmanson. Mm. He he plays a bit. I think Lennon plays a bit. Um, and the night just the ninety minutes, I've only included the midfielders and the attackers because I like you said the back four of Burnley is pretty much the same every and play ninety, but for fan team, you sense. don't get the extra point for the defender. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. My apologies. Uh, we got Chelsea next. Mason Mount is part of our graphic. Brighton, Man City, Tottenham and Crystal Palace next. Brighton and Man City, part of a double game week. Mason Mount comes top of every single metric that we're looking at today on the show. And he's great value in fan team, right? A no-brainer, Sean? The issue you've got with Chelsea is the fact, yes, they've got a double. It's not the, not the easiest double. Man City, obviously, difficult. Brighton do like to keep the ball, knock it about. Tottenham, probably not as difficult as it was, but then they do have two blanks, and that's the issue because they're at the Club World Cup. So you can't, unless you're going to wild card sort of when they go, you can't go too heavy on Chelsea because in the second chance game, you can't have people missing out, really. Um, there's a lot with obviously with Chelsea, if you pick a priority player, it's not like you've got a safety net for someone to come in because they're not playing at all. Um, it's a great point, actually, for the second chance game. You have to look at these blanks, don't you? Because there's no bench. Yeah, that's the that that will be the key. I think. I mean, it's difficult to plan at the moment. We know that games are getting called off just before, and games are getting dropped in a week before they they kick off. But knowing, like, so I think it's FA Cup quarterfinal weekend or the fifth round, where there tend to be blanks and stuff for FBL. That's when you need to try and you only get one chip, and that's the what the extra wild card chip. So you've got to try and. That's why I think you're trying to spread your players to an extent because if you do get a blank, you it's going to cost you a lot to transfer them. But obviously, you do get to roll transfers in this, unlike normal FPL or normal fan team where you only get a maximum of two every week. So if you can set your team up for the first four or five, you've then got five transfers sat in the bank that you can then navigate potentially blanks, um, which you wouldn't have. So if you go for Brighton players or Chelsea players, when there's a blank, you're going to have to use a transfer. So I think if they had easier fixtures, I'd be more tempted. Um, like if they had teams in the bottom half, but they've got three, well, in Man City's case, a really good team, but Tottenham and Brighton are decent and Conte's shorn them up a bit. Although they've just lost three in an aggregate, I think it was in the Carabao Cup. But I think if you go on differential, Chelsea would be the way to go because I don't think I think they'll be really low owned in the second chance game because people will just avoid them because of those two blanks. It's a great point, yeah. And then maybe you save your transfers up and, and deal with it at, at the time those blanks happen. But I think it's only in about three or four weeks, is it? I think it's only two weeks. In fact, I think it's game week twenty four is in in Phantom is when they go. So you'd make your team twenty twenty three. You'd have one transfer, 20, you only have two. So if you had two Chelsea, you would have the transfers to take them out. But then that doesn't take into account potential doubles or you might have other issues that come up, for example. Mm, yeah, of course. Um, okay, let's head on to the next team. We've got Crystal Palace. Ben Teke, Jack's boy, coming top of shots on target, pin 90 and non-penalty expected goals, pin 90 but nowhere near on 90 minutes is because as we know, he doesn't start or play every game. Um, Edward may be someone who looks like he is kind of 
being favoured up front, um, good form. Someone who's not on this list, someone like Eze, now that um, people are away at African Cup of Nations, like Zahags, etc. Gallagher pops into all three. I mean, there are good options at Crystal Palace, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the issue, especially early on in the, in the fixtures, is they're so up and down. So you've got Brighton this week. You've got no blanks, uh, no doubles at the moment. I think they've got one rearranged fixture to go in. So you've got Brighton, which is okay, but then you've got Liverpool. Then it goes down to Norwich and Brentford, so it's decent. Then it goes up to Chelsea. Then it's Burnley Wolves and it's Man City. Um, and then after that, they're, they're decent. So I think you probably only want one if you went for it. And the issue you've got at the moment is, I think striker-wise, they do tend to create a lot. So you could just go, do you know what? I, I want a Crystal Palace striker. I'll go with the most expensive one. And then if he doesn't start, I'll get whoever. But at the moment... So that's Edward, 5.9. Benteke's 5.9. Oh, they're both, sorry, both 5.9, yeah. So you could go for Edward at the moment and thinking, well, if he doesn't start, I'll get Benteke in. But if Benteke goes up in price and um, then Edward doesn't start, but Benteke does, you're not getting either of them. Mm. You'd get Ayu. So and there's only 1.1 of a million between all three of them. Um, if there's a bit more difference between them, I would be tempted to go with one of them. Um, again, like you said, you could go for a midfielder. So you've got Gallagher as a, I think Elise's look decent as well. And it's not great, but there are so many Crystal Palace midfielders that if one of your, if they don't start and you went for, I don't know if you fancy going on a punt for Elise, who's the cheapest at 5.5, you've still got Schlupp, Miljevic, Will Hughes and James McCarthy under them. They're not most exciting picks, but at least you're going to get someone out to get points. Get a couple of points, um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Interesting there on Crystal Palace. Uh, next up, we've got Everton. DCL looks like He's back. Normally a stats monster. You can see he's top of the shots on target pair 90. Um, but again, like Sean mentioned earlier, maybe skewed slightly because he's played so little minutes. Richarlison, I think, injured. Gray comes into two here. I've actually got Gray in my team, spoilers. I don't really know why. <laughs> 5.9 million. I looked at my team earlier just before we um, set this up because I picked it a few nights ago. And I was like, why have I got this person? Why have I got this person? But then I had to re-remember the rules. Does that make sense? Because yeah. it's totally yeah. different. So I, I have think I've just done the same, yeah. Yeah, so I started taking people out. And then I was like, oh, no, that's why I picked it. Because of, like, um, safety nets or whatever, or double game weeks. Um, so, yeah, what do, you th- what do you think about Everton, though, in general? I think I've done the same as you. I, I, I changed my team early because I haven't it for probably two weeks. And I had Gray in it. I took him out and put someone else in. And I've just realised, looking at this, why I had Gray in, because they don't have... They've got 20 games, uh, which is only behind Burnley, to play for the rest of the season. And they've got three games to fit in, because they have three postponements, which are Burnley, Newcastle and Leicester, all decent games. And they're fixtures to start with a Norwich, Villa, Newcastle, Leeds, Southampton. I mean, that's that's a decent set of five fixtures. Um, so I think that's probably why I had Gray in, because... I wasn't too sure at Calvaloon at the time. And Gray is the same price as Decore, who is pretty much guaranteed to start. I would love to have Calvaloon in, um, but I think at the start of the second chance tournament, fixtures sort of sway you to only probably three or four different options. I don't think Calvaloon is one of them. But the fact that he is playing Norwich first week, he could be, he could outscore some of the guys that have got double game weeks. I'm talking like Ronaldo or anyone like that. 
he could score a couple of goals and, and beat them. And then he's got decent fixtures going forward. And he's probably going to have, hopefully, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd love there to be some more fixture announcements for the rearranged games. So we get a bit more of an idea of what's going to happen. Um, and the thing with Calvert-Lewin is he has got safety nets underneath him. I mean, it's Richarlison who is injured at the moment, but may come back. And then Rondon again, which isn't, isn't great. But the thing you have to remember with the second chance tournament is if Cavalier gets injured, you don't have to bring in another striker. So if you're playing 4-4-2, you can switch Calvert-Lewin to Phil Foden in a 4-5-1. Um, so you, you've got that flexibility. Obviously, if you've only got one striker and it's Cavalier, you have to bring a striker and you have to have at least, I think it's three, three defenders, two midfielders and one attacker. But if he's injured though, Sean, could you just keep him in your team and rely on the Richarlison safety net, obviously, if he's back from uh, injury. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think you would use that option for, again, heart back to Man City, but if Foden got injured, you would probably just leave it because you know you would get, I don't know who the next person the Foden is, but you'd get a Silver or a Gundogan, whoever it is. And yeah. you know that you would get a Man City midfielder you'd, and you'd be happy with that choice. You'd probably be less happy if Carrollton got injured, you'd get Richarlison or Rondon. Yeah. So you'd be you'd, you'd probably be able to suck it up for a week or two, yeah. But you you'd probably want to still move him out. But yeah, you could move him out just to bear. You could move him to uh, TAA if you haven't got him, if your formation allows it as well. So Leeds next, not really doing um, what they were doing last season at the moment. Um, looking at ninety minutes, you got Stuart Dallas, who maybe personifies that Rafinha, who has been. Um, getting points I suppose maybe not lately Rodrigo comes into a non-penalty expected goal in moment for 90 minutes at the top but not someone who plays all the time then you got Rafinha underneath if I remember rightly he's a bit of an awkward price in fan team Rafinha um, yes yeah more expensive than FPL for example yeah I think it's seven, seven and a half in a fan team so he's a million more yeah Look, what do you think about that let me just pull it up so yeah six, 7.6 million He's top though. I mean, so... I, yeah, you, you. I mean, you've got everyone underneath. You've got Harrison, yeah. Harrison James, everyone. Um, I like Rafinha just because he, especially with Bamford out, he is the the sort of the go-to guy, isn't he? In terms the of talisman, yeah. Yeah, uh, the one that does surprise me is the, the player we've got photographed there in Tyler Roberts. I was wondering why, because you put that on there. I was wondering what's he done here? Why is he put Tyler Roberts there? Go on. And, you, and with some players, you sort of think, oh, he's got the most shots on target per 90 because he's only played 300 minutes or whatever. Yeah, this is what but I he has played a, He's played a lot of minutes as well. He is having a lot. I mean, let's, the shots might not be the best shots on target, but his his numbers are decent. I mean, I've looked at it here, actually. got it in front of me. He's had 12 shots on target um, this season. I don't think the shots on target includes goals, but the next best is Rafinha with eight. So he is oh, wow. miles miles ahead. I think is that's he playing? Is he playing the upfront role that Bamford would be playing? And now Bamford's out. I haven't really watched I much of Leeds. Uh, it's difficult to know. I think they tend to because I think I've seen him. I think Dan James has been the furthest forward a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's probably not. He well, I'm saying he's probably not. He isn't really an option in the second chance. I don't think because if he doesn't play, you've got. I think you've got Forshaw or Phillips who both, I think Forshaw's fit, but Phillips is injured. So you're probably not getting a huge safety net. But I think in the 
season-long game, he's a potential sort of under the radar. He'll be he'll be 0% owned, I guarantee it. Um, and his stats are decent. Um, so he's, he's in and around Rafinha in terms of non-penalty XG. Um, and they've got decent fixtures. You look at there, they've got West Ham, Newcastle, Villa, Everton, their next four. Um, I think they've got a couple of games to rearrange as well. So I think he's, I think for me, if I was going for an asset in the second chance, it would be Rafinha. Wouldn't go them defensively because I just think they're just, we've got so many injuries at the back. It's just, it's just no one. But yeah, I think maybe it's a bit of a punt in the season long. Tyler Roberts could be, could be the way to go. I look forward to seeing him in your team. Uh, Leicester, <laughs> Leicester next. Um, I put Dakar on here. Maybe I was influenced a little bit by your Tyler Roberts picture. But I've put Dakar on here. Um, there's rumours that he might be back fit. And we know that Vardy is injured, or I think Vardy's injured, and that uh, Iheanacho is either injured or away at AFCON. He's at AFCON, he's at AFCON, he's at AFCON Scored yeah. yesterday, yeah. Oh, did he? There we go. Yeah. Um, so I put Dakar on there. Madison creeps in um, to shots on target per 90 minutes, um, just below Dakar and Perez who, again, might be skewed because of the the amount of minutes they played. Then you got Madison, top of the non-penalty, expected going on for 90 minutes. they got a double game week this week. The more I talk about it, the more I think you need Madison. But Tielemans is quite a good price, if I remember correctly, in FPL. Quite a tempting offer. And his numbers yeah, are quite good as well. Yeah, in fan team, they are the same price, both 6.7 million. Um, I think... Just given the fact that James got... Madison and Tielemans are the same price. Yes. Wow. In, in um in the fan team. And Ma- Madison has only scored 10 points more than Tielemans, which you sort of think if the way he's been playing, you think he'd have played, he scored a lot more. And they've actually, I've just looked, they've actually played exactly the same minutes as well. Yeah. Surprisingly. Um, but, uh, did you know this though? Madison only played has only played three 90 minutes this season. Has he? Yeah, he's only managed three yeah. games and that he's played 90 minutes. I think he's played every single game for Leicester, but only three times Always played 90 times. minutes. And they were all away. And that, um, really? Yeah, something I came across the uh, other day. But, I mean, yeah, the thing is they've got... Well, we think at the moment they've got a double um, because, obviously, they called their last game off against was it Everton this midweek yes. because they didn't have the players. Mm-hmm. Um, and the issue... I, I've had this discussion in a couple of chats and stuff. All there, because there's been obviously a lot in the Twitter community about the fact that how have they got the game called off, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, I've lot... been thinking it, and then I saw people talking about it, and I'm like, yeah, I 100% think that as well. But I didn't get involved. But I, but I think a lot of them, if you look at it, there's not really been, they're not a huge amount of COVID cases. A lot of them are because they've got, they, I mean, they've got a huge injuries. amount of injuries. Injuries and they're African lost, players. <laughs> they've got four, I think they've got four players at AFCON, um, and I think they've probably got only one or two COVID cases. Um, so I was looking at it thinking well actually how is so from whatever the team whatever pool of players they had for the Everton game that got called off actually who is going to come back into the team that would mean they've got enough players for the weekend so that's still to be seen if actually it is a double um, if the game against I think it's Burnley isn't it they've got first game so I think if that gets called off then they probably look a slightly less appealing because they'll only have a single it's against Tottenham. And then they've got Liverpool in a couple of games as well. But as it stands at the moment with a double, I'm definitely looking at a 
you can't look at an attacker because you don't know who's going to play and they've only got three attackers. Like you said, Vardy's injured, Inacho's not here, Daka may or may not play. So you have to look at a midfielder. I wouldn't get in them defensively because they look atrocious because they've got no one playing defensively, really. So really, it's Tiedemann's Madison. Or if you want to take a bit of a punt, I wouldn't put people off Lookman. Um, he's six million. And I think if he doesn't play for whatever reason, you've got Perez as a safety net. Who I think You'd think he would play, would right? If, if, if they were playing Lookman, you would think that if they're not playing Lookman, they'd be... They're playing Paris, Paris in the situation I mean, they're in at the moment, right? Yeah. I mean, if they sense. don't, if they don't, you've got all Brighton at five and a half, who's not great, but Jewsbury Hall, 4.5 billion. Yeah. I mean, they've I mean they've got tons under there, haven't they? So you will have a safety net, it might not be the most appealing. Um, but yeah, Lookman could be a bit of a bit of a punt if people want to go for it. But I think I would stick with Tegan just because I think it'd be on set pieces, penalties as well. Penalties, yeah, with Vardy not playing. So Tegan would be the one I'd go for. At the moment, okay, cool. Uh, Liverpool next, Mo Salah obviously away at AFCON. So, Jota probably steps into his shoes as the kind of guy you want, right? From Liverpool, as well as, well as obviously Trent Alexander Arnold to maybe keep uh, keep that third Liverpool spot for Salah, or maybe even have Salah in your team if you're talking about second chances or whatever. Um, what do you think, Sean? Yeah, I know a lot of the people who think about Salah thinking, well, do we keep him in knowing that we'll want him back in a couple of weeks? I think it's a lot of budget because you basically, you're picking Salah knowing you're going to get Jota. Yeah. Um, and there is, what's the difference in price between them? Uh, 5.7 million. Well, that's a lot of budget. When you've only got 80 million to spend, that's a lot of your budget just sat there for one player. And I mean, I've talked before that I haven't got Salah in FPL. Much to everyone's... Um, hilarity over the last few weeks but I am moving up I am moving up I'm up to about 400k now um, but I, he didn't look as on it the last two or three weeks I would say oh that's zero left. pointer I don't think we've met up since there's zero pointer so no, I quite I love that to be honest can't, yeah can't can't complain about that um, I think I timed it right think, as well just sold him at the right time yeah definitely but I think I mean they have got they've got decentish games when he comes back but for me, I'd rather have the money in because so both Kane and Ronaldo have doubles to start with, don't they? I'm yes. pretty sure. Yes. I would rather have the money in those, both. knowing both of them. Yeah. Keep keep a couple of mil back. And then when the time comes to Salah coming back, moving one of those two plus the money in the bank to Salah at that point. Because I think the money, rather than have, if you because you have Jot, if you had salary from the start, you're not going to be able to afford Ronaldo and Kane because that's going to cost you what 35, 36 million if you're 80 million, which only leaves you 54, uh, 44 for eight players, which means you're not going to get anyone decent. Um, so I think I'd rather spend the money. Um, I don't think I've even gone for Jota because Jota is decent. You see his stats there. He's the best non-penalty XG when they're all playing. How will Liverpool play? With neither, I don't think they've had to play with either neither Salah or Mane for a long time, and I don't think the players that will come in for them. Obviously, they're not near the quality of them, but I do. I do wonder if they will. They will struggle. They have only got Brentford and Crystal Palace, but I still, they, I'm, I'm happy to go without. They're hugely important to the way they play, and they Salah and Mane, yeah. and not just with the ball, without the ball. I think think is is bound to be a huge drop off, surely. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about. 
the Salah strategy um, when we show our teams later on, because it sounds like um, one of us might have Salah and one of us might have Kane and Ronaldo. Maybe, maybe. Um, Man City next. Okay, uh, take it away with Man City, Sean, because there's a lot of safety net um, conundrums to be had here, right? Yeah, I mean, the thing to note with Man City alongside Chelsea and West Ham, they have the fewest games. Um, they don't have a double. Um, I don't know when they will. I think the only way they'll get a double is if they get a rearrangement from the FA Cup. So you're not really going to get double game weeks, um, in the short term at least anyway. Um, and they've got Chelsea first up, but then they have got Southampton, Brentford, Norwich, Tottenham, so a bit easier. But yeah, as we mentioned before, the midfielders, as, as we record this, you, you, the, the um, format of them is you've got De Bruyne as well top. He's 11.1 million. You're probably not going to go for him, I'd say. It then gets more interesting the fact you've got Sterling. He's 9.6. You've then got Maris is 8.5. He's obviously at AFCON at the moment. Foden's 8.2. And you've got Grealish and Gundogan at 7.5 and Silver at 7.3. I think a popular strategy will potentially be to either go for Mares or Foden. Because if you go for Mares 8.5, it's only 0.3 more than Foden. But if you fancy Mares as a bit more of a differential, buy him as there, knowing that over the next few weeks or when Mares doesn't start, you get Foden, who obviously is a, a, a great sort of substitute for him. And so I think if you're going for a midfield, I think Sterling could be a differential because I think people won't go that high in terms of value. He's about 1.1 million more than Mares. I think people won't go for him. And I think he could be a very low-owned Man City asset. Um, so if you want one in the first sort of couple of weeks, he'd be the one I'd be tempted to go for, I think, if your budget can stretch that far. Yeah, just looking at it now, I think you can choose you can choose anyone apart from Bernardo Silva. I think Bernardo Silva just is just out of it because of the price. He's 7.3 million and yeah. underneath that you just get Rodrigo... Fernandinho, um, Cole Palmer, and I don't know if it goes down any further. Uh, no, I mean, basically. It's, so it's yeah. everyone else just is so pickable. But then when you get down to Bernardo, it's just so much more risk, right? Because I mean, Gundogan, 7.5, yeah. drops down to Bernardo if he doesn't play. Grealish, I wouldn't really... Um, I don't know, Grealish could be a good one as well, and he could drop down to Gundogan if he doesn't play, for example. Mares, I think, is a perfect one, which you um, highlighted earlier, and even Sterling and De Bruyne as well. So, but yeah, it's an interesting I mean, one because yeah. it looks like Bernardo is just a little bit ruled out there. I, I, if you if you like Bernardo, I know people have gone off Bernardo the last couple of weeks. He's not produced as much as he had been. I wouldn't be put off by Silver because he's only 0.2 less than Grealish and Gundogan, which means that. There doesn't need to be a huge increase or even one of those two decrease, Gundogan or Grealish, and you've got a safety net then of one of those two. And for me, even if Silva doesn't play, doesn't start, Rodri's not the worst £5 million midfielder in this game. No, I suppose. This season, he scored 78.4 points, which is only bettered by Silva himself, Sterling and Mahrez. So yeah, Foden good. hasn't scored more. Gundogan hasn't scored more. KDB hasn't scored more. He's the fourth highest scoring uh, City midfielder. So it's not ideal because you're not you're not buying an attacking mid to then get Rodri as the sub. But given that you might get a safe net from Silver at some point, Rodri is not worst for me. But wherever, if you went Jota at the moment, 
and he didn't play for whatever reason. I think the, it drops down to like Harvey Elliott, who obviously is injured at the moment. And then it drops down to Thiago, Minamino, Oxlade Chamberlain. Chamberlain. That for me is a worse drop than Silver to Rodri. Yeah, it's a good point. Actually, your Rodrigo being an infinitely better pick in fan team than he is in FPL, for example, probably something which um, which I didn't take into consideration. And if we look into 90 minutes here on the side as well, Bernardo and Rodri top of that as well. So maybe a little bit less risk than um, I originally thought, right? Good stuff. Let's uh, go into the next one. Man United, uh, no surprise who comes on top of absolutely everything apart from 90 minutes is, and that is Cristiano Ronaldo himself. A lot of things going on behind the scenes at Man United, or if you read the papers, or if you believe what you read in the papers, uh, there is um, big transition. So um, not playing amazingly, winning some games, losing some games. Uh, big double game week this week. Brentford away and Aston Villa away. Sean, you having Ronaldo in your team? Yes, essentially. Um, like you said, I know he, what do you have, a, is it a back spasm or something on Monday that he didn't play? So as long as he, then nothing else comes out about the injury. For me... Yeah, I'm not sure what it was. Hip, I read hip and then I saw a picture yeah, and he wasn't yeah. in the country. So I think he's just yeah. having a break. We'll see. So for me, he if, if he's going to play both games... You're going to get, he plays 90 in most of the time because he, I mean, he's only got 11 there, but he obviously didn't play the first few weeks of the season. So I imagine when he played, he pretty much played the 90. So you're looking at six points for the two games. He averages nearly one and a half shots on target every 90. So over the two games, that's three shots. That's an extra 1.2 points. And we know how in and around the goals he's been as well. So he, for me, in the opening week, he seems a bit of a no brainer with their fixtures after that being um, West Ham, Burnley, Southampton, Leeds, Watford, up to the end of February. Um, and they've got a Brighton rearrangement as well. So he, for me, would be, I think I've got him as captain as well. I think he's, there's just, there's a decent enough base for him, given it's a double game week. And he could do anything. I'm, uh, I haven't got him in my team and I instantly want him now. Um, the fact that you've got Cavani underneath him as well as a safety net is uh, swaying me a little bit um, because yeah. I can't imagine either one of them not playing, if that makes sense. If, yeah. well, I think one of them will play, yeah. Definitely. Good. I think we can move on to Newcastle. Ireland St. Maximum coming on top of all three of our metrics. Shots on target per 90 minutes, no penalty expected, goal involved per 90 minutes and 90 minutes itself. He's a good player, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I've he was someone that again, tops of 90 minutes, he was playing pretty much every minute earlier on in the season. He's taken a bit of a step back since then. Um, the only issue you've got with Newcastle is the fact that obviously Wilson's out, probably looks like maybe for the season, um, which is obviously why they're looking to buy Chris Wood. Um, so he's I think out for the season. I didn't realize that Callum Wilson's out for the season, is he? I feel, I feel like now your, your shock at that statement makes me feel like I need to check it. Um, but I think there have been rumours going about that he's he's out for a... We said eight weeks. So on BBC, it said eight mm, weeks. But I, fair enough. I swear I saw something knocking about that he's out for a while anyway. Um, but yeah, so I can see why they're buying Chris Wood. But again, he is the main man going forward. You wouldn't go near Wolves. Uh, Wolves. You wouldn't go near Newcastle defensively, I don't think, even with Trippier. Um, he'd have to do a lot of assisting for goals for me to even be 
like considering and given the fact that they don't know like they're going to um, keep any clean sheets. So if I was going for a Newcastle asset, I would go for probably St Maximum at the moment. I still would go for Wood um, just because... I don't know what he's in the game, actually, Chris Wood. I'll show you how much you look at Burnley assets. He's six million in the game. It's not bad. And I think if they keep the same price, you would have Joe Linton as a safety net who at least has been playing. He looked a bit re- quite rejuvenated underneath. Eddie yeah, he's been playing so, midfield, right? Yeah, so he's out of position. The fact that he's, he'd only score four points for a goal rather than five, though he's playing in midfield. Um, so if they can show something going forward and they do click, then... Maybe their games, what they Watford, Leeds, Everton, Villa, West Ham, and even past that. I mean, their last four games are difficult. They've got Liverpool, Man City, but they've got a decentish run before that. So I don't think I'd start with them. Um, again, season long contests. Yeah. So Max Man is a decent, a decent player. I think he's six, six points, six, seven. Yeah, six, seven. Midfielder um, as well. I like those numbers. I like them. 6.7 yeah. million. Yeah, in a team that's been struggling as well, really. Um, even when Wilson was fit, he's not. He played ten games, but he was in and out of the team as well. So he's a he is a decent option, I think. Yeah, I think he's the only one. The only one you can consider my my um, what's the word opinion? Norwich next. Pookie, zero point two four non penalty expected goals per ninety. Norwich aren't great. We're not going to sugarcoat this one. Probably won't spend too much time talking about them, to be honest with you. Uh, straight up, sure, would you pick any Norwich players? Are there any which are on your radar at all? The only one I would be semi-tempted to even look at would be Tim Krull. If they yeah. had a decent set of fixtures and had like a decent double in there as well. I pretend, And it was around when I was wildcarding. That I would potentially go with. But they haven't got a double to start with. He's cheap at four and a half, but... Unless they were actually pull a triple out, so a triple game week or something, then in which case, because he, he he did get any keeper, he does well because he makes a lot of saves. Doesn't need a clean sheet, but he's quite good at saving penalties as well. I can, yeah. you could see him saving a penalty before the end of the season. Yeah, but it's just clean sheets. And is he going to get any? He'd be, yeah, he'd be the only one I'd look at. Southampton next. Um, Brozier is he injured? What happened yesterday? Do you know? I don't think so. he scored. He scored. I, I think he got injured. I think he got injured. I don't know. I didn't watch it. I just saw it on Twitter. Um, so you got Brozier and Armstrong popping up on this list uh, quite a lot. Interesting to see Adam Armstrong actually coming up on the 90s, right? Because he's someone I, I've owned in both FPL and fan team. And he's extremely frustrating in terms of game time. But I suppose nine 90 minutes is, isn't actually that many 90 minutes, is, right? So... Um, maybe it's just the fact that James Will Prowse and Romeo um, are Ralph's boys. What do you think, Sean? It's difficult with Southampton. I think they t- they tend to just rotate the strikers. Adams, Brozier, Armstrong. You don't so really know who's going to start. Which with the obviously with the second chance team, uh, second chance tournament isn't as as bad because you will get the safety net. I'm just looking who there. So Adams is 6.6, Armstrong 6.4, Brozier is 5.2. Brozier's, I think, if he's not injured, I, I didn't know about the injury, but if he's if he's not injured, I think he's a great option in the season long game because he's so cheap that he's yeah, a 5.2 yeah. option. 
but I don't think you could pick him in the seas in the second charge because there's no Shane Long's underneath him, but not going to play. Um, I think there are better options in the six and a half million range for um, for strikers. Um, James Ward-Prowse, again for me, is more of a season long pick, season long game because you know he's just going to he's going to churn the points out. Not going to be great points, but they're just going to churn them out every week. He plays ninety most of the time, as you can see from the graphic there on penalties. So he's just a person you can just stick in your team knowing that he's going to probably score at least three points every week and then he'll chip in with a penalty and a goal every now and then. Um, which is obviously, yeah, which is what um, Josh, um, the winner from last year, he he said last year, he had Warpass and Suchek that just did that. They just sat in his team and just churned, kept ticking the points over every week. Um, so I probably wouldn't go near them. Defensively, they just seem a bit up and down. Livermento's out, I think now, isn't it? He was the FPL Darling for a while, um, but yeah, I, I I'm not I'm not fancying Southampton, especially given they've got no double at the start and they're playing Wolves and Man City, probably two of the best defenses in the league, I would say. So, yeah, it's a tough couple of fixtures, but apart from that, I think Adam Armstrong, in theory, could be a good pick in the um, what's it called second chance game because of the Brozier thing, and that depends on Brozier's yeah. injury though, because. Adam Armstrong, 6.4 million, Brozier, 5.2 million. So the fact that the strikers rotate wouldn't really affect you, right? And you'd have one yeah. of those pretty decent options. Yeah. That almost guaranteed every week. So it's my I'd say so, yeah. Who have we got next? Spears. Um, you mentioned earlier, and I spotted in some data that I looked at that recently Conte has shored them up, right, in defence. Um, it's led me to be considering Spurs defenders, Spurs defenders this week. Um, but we'll look at defensive data a little bit later. Kane and Son, obviously the boys. Son is out for a little while. Um, Kane's got this double game week this week. Sean wants to have Kane and Ronaldo. Uh, is there anyone else you'd consider? I originally didn't have Kane. I had Son because I think at the price... It's like, what is he, one, one and a half million cheaper? You get more points for goals, etc. Yeah. I would much rather have Son. I think I've got Son in my team now, actually. Okay. And the thing the thing with that is, it's not like Salah, where you get, well, there's still a gap, but there's a three point three and a half million gap between Son and Moira, who's the next yeah. best. So I think, I don't know how long Son is out for, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't keep him, because that three and a half million could go a long way. But I've gone Kane just purely because of fixtures. For me, the two this week in the double are probably. I know you can't really look too far back on stats, but if you were to say the two teams that Kane really felt, really likes playing against Arsenal, North London Derby, he scored tons of goals in derbies and he scored tons of goals against Leicester. And Leicester are going to be depleted. Um, he has the most shots on target per game, um, he plays the full 90. So he is similar. And actually, just talking about it now, I think I would probably have my captaincy on him over Ronaldo just because I think he's more assured of playing two lots of 90. Um, and I think Tottenham probably will create more um, in those games than Man United will in theirs. So I think, for me, Kane's a no-brainer this week, especially. Their games do get a bit tougher. So they've got Chelsea next up, and then they've got Southampton, Wolves, Man City. But like I said, if you've got holding Ronaldo and Kane and you want to get Salah back in, then you're not you're only a couple of million quid off 
Um, so if you can leave the money in the bank as well, it's an easy switch back to seller. Love it. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one for me. Kane, uh, Kane or Ronaldo. But Kane and Ronaldo does sound good. But we'll talk about this a little bit more uh, later on. Strategy-wise, Watford, King and Dennis, uh, the stars of fantasy football, I guess you would say. Saar injured, I think. I mean, he's been injured for a while. I, I mean, I just obviously haven't thought about him for a while, so I'm pretty sure he's just been injured for a while. He hasn't gone to his African combinations, has he? Um, I don't know. I think he was called up. and He was injured beforehand, but I don't know if... because he didn't. I don't think he played before AFCON, but whether he has gone... I don't know. But either way, he's not available anyway for the for the foreseeable. I think I've got a bit of a blind spot when it comes to Watford, but um, it hasn't stopped me putting a couple of Watford players in my team for the second chance um, as it stands. Um, where do you stand on Watford, Sean? I'm in two minds. Defend, like, defenders, midfielders, for me, ignore. I don't think there's yeah. anyone... Someone like Sissoko is good in the season-long game because he's four and a half million, plays every week, blah, blah, blah. The issue I've got here is I want a Watford striker because their two games are probably the best two games this week. They've got a double. And it's Newcastle and Burnley. And then it's Norwich two, two, after that. Then it's Norwich. So that set of three fixtures is extremely decent. So for me, I think in one team, I originally had both Dennis and Saar. Um, no, sorry, Dennis and King in um, in one team, double Watford attack. What has the world come to? Um, I think you probably want one. I can't remember who I've gone for one of them in my pick. I can't remember which one it is. The only other thing I'm sort of toying with, which is mad, is Backman as a keeper. He's 4.4, so cheap, probably the cheapest start and keeper you can get. And he's got Foster underneath him, so there was a bit of talk that Foster might be back soon. Um, but it's just that it's those runner fixtures. Um, they haven't they haven't kept a clean sheet all season. <laughs> but he's played. I'm just seeing how many games he's played. He's played one, two, three. I've put him in my team. I've no idea why. I'm looking at my team now. He's, he's in there. He's played nine. He's played nine games and they scored twenty six points. So he's averaging about three points a game. So it's not it's not bad. And it's just the fact they're playing Newcastle. Burnley and Norwich, you sort of think, well, if they're going to get a clean sheet this season, surely it's going to come in the next three games. And my thinking with Backman is they've obviously got they've got quite a few games. So they could have a double dropped in as well, given how rubbish Burnley's games are for the next four or five weeks. I am considering going with Backman to start and then switching to Pope after about four or five game weeks. So avoid Burnley's difficult games, get Watford's easier games and then do the keeper switch then obviously will cost you about a million quid more but it might not be that much of a difference because if if Burnley don't do very well Pope could drop and Backman could rise a little bit so you might not actually have to find that much money um, it seems mad that I might start in one of my teams triple Watford it could happen <laughs> I'm looking at my team now I've got triple Watford in my team and I remember picking this team and being quite focused on what we've got on the bottom of the slides here, numbers of games left to play, right? For my for almost my entire selection. Um, so maybe that's where my triple Watford has come from. Um, but yeah, you're not the only one who's thinking about it. I've done it so far. I probably probably won't 
happen, but we'll see. Um, West Ham next. Antonio, Antonio, and Rice, Rice, baby. Bowen comes in on a couple as well in terms of the metrics that we're looking at today. Um, I'm a little bit salty from the Bowen performance today because his effective ownership was so high in FPL and Antonio did not score, as far as I know. I haven't checked this since we went live. No, I, finished, uh, I think he finished 2-0. 2-0, uh, yeah. Bowen, two goals. Yeah. Oh, nasty. It's ruined my Sky season, that has already. But we'll, we won't talk about that. You were doing quite well on Sky, weren't you? Mm, still top, top, top one. It's, Sky's a difficult game because... You get 40 transfers for the season. You could use them all in the first eight weeks if you want. So it's difficult to know. Hard to judge, yeah. You can have people at the top that have used all of them. Used so all you'll of them. slowly be catching them. But, but yeah, we'll see. Um, what are we talking about? Okay, so um, Antonio Bowen. Rice is quite a good pick in, in fan team in many ways because of the amount of... Well, I suppose there's a lot of players in the West Ham team, right? You play a lot of minutes because it's it's um, it's boys, isn't it? Um, what do you think, Sean? Rice is, he was the last man standing in terms of that played every minute of every game. He missed a game. I think he was suspended. So he has, when he's available, he plays 90. I think Suchek didn't play tonight. I think he has, I don't think he has COVID or he's just injured, but Suchek didn't play tonight. It was, I think he, he didn't play a whole midfielder. I think he played Lanzini. Um, but obviously it was only getting Norwich. Um, the issue with West Ham is... One, they've only got 17 games, um, which is the lowest of everyone. And if you look at picks like Antonio, he has no safety net as far as I'm aware because obviously West Ham don't have a huge amount of strikers. In fact, he lit... I'm just going to check. Yeah, he has, there is literally no other West Ham striker in the game. Oh. Um, and you know what Antonio is like. Well, we, we say we know what Antonio is like, but he's gone all season without really being injured. So... 14, 90 minutes is, that's yeah. good, that's so, big, big I numbers. I just think, if it was me and going for a West In Ham, fact, he's played every game, apart from that one game we were sent off and suspended, or was it two games yeah, maybe. maybe missed? I, think, I don't know, I think, he, yeah, he, I know at the start of the season he was getting pulled with like 88, 89 minutes, so he missed a 90 minute Yeah. By, by a couple of minutes. I just think if you're going for an attacker at the moment, you're going Bowen, surely, because he's producing numbers better um, although Antonio over the season has done, I bet if you would do those metrics over the last 10 games, yeah, Bowen would be head and shoulders above. Um, and you obviously get the added bonus and the fact you've got a safety net under him, but you've got plenty, you've got, you've got plenty of safety nets under him. You've got every West Ham midfielder and there are plenty of them. Um, they won't have a double. That's the only thing. But again, their fixtures are Leeds, who are shaky. Man United, Watford, not kept a clean sheet, as we discussed. Leicester, Newcastle in the next five. It's a decent five. So I don't think you can really load your team up with too many doubles at the start, if you, unless you're going to wildcard early. So I think a West Ham attacking, attacking asset, and Bowen, for me, is the best one. He's only six and a half million still. So I think, I don't think I've got him at the moment, but I think he's definitely being considered, I would say. Antonio has played 89 minutes four times this season and 88 minutes once. Yeah. That was today. So very close to um, to Rice almost for 90 minutes. I bet, not, I bet, yeah. I bet if you were to look at all the minutes, the total minutes played. Total minutes, is, yeah. 
he so Rice has played eighteen hundred, so he's obviously just missed the one game. Um, Antonio's played seventeen forty nine, so he's only played fifty one minutes less than Rice. But like, if, if you look at Antonio, he's seventeen forty nine. Bowen's played seventeen sixty seven. Suchek seventeen eighty nine. So Rice, Suchek, Bowen, Antonio are definitely a core four that have played, and then it's it tends to be flicked around between Ben Rama, Lanzini, Fornells, Flasic yeah. has played quite a few recently. So I just, I just think Bowen at the minute, the form he's in, I don't think I've picked him, but I think I will pro- after tonight as well. Only as Norwich, you should get on him. He's your boy. Yeah, I think I, I so I did well tonight in terms of FPL and fan team. I'm actually checked by him in the fan team. I might have, might have snuck back into the top one K now. While you're doing that, I'll talk about Wolves. Um, not the most exciting of teams going forward, but a decent defence. Uh, shots on target per 90 minutes. Podence, Trincao, Huang. Probably not people you would trust in a fan team unless there's some kind of safety net situation going on, which I'll try and check now at the same time. Um, non-penalty expected goal involved per 90 minutes. Trincao, 0.37. I mean, these are quite low numbers um, for their best players on that metric, if that makes sense. 90 minutes is Neves, 15. Moutinho, 14. Jimenez, 13. Jimenez would probably be the one you would want to see at the top of these lists. But I think he's injured, right? I mean, I haven't really paid much attention to Wolves lately. Uh, let's have a little look. And he's not injured. Okay. Uh, midfielders, just, just, Pedro Neto, go on, Trump. I was just saying, attacking-wise, they just look... I think I saw the stat the other day. They played 19 games. They'd scored 14. They're less than one a game, but they'd only conceded 14 as well. So they just there's just no goals in Wolves games, essentially. No. And so defensively, yeah, decent. Attacking-wise, you don't want... Like, for me, you don't want a, a Wolves attacker. No. I and you can see that. Going for a defender. You can see it in the numbers as well. Like they're not even like... It's not like they're being unlucky. They're not, not getting into goal-scoring opportunities much. And even their best three players there on the non-penalty XG per 90 doesn't equate to one goal. Between their best three players, I think that that yeah. says says a lot. Really, it does say a lot. Yeah, let's move on then. Um, well, that's it. That's every team. Uh, we're on to the defensive data next, and we spoke about Newcastle uh, earlier on being a team not to target if you're buying their defenders, but definitely a team to target if your attackers are playing against them. Right. Um, here we've got the Opta stats expected goals conceded from game week one to game week 21 per appearance. So per game, I guess uh, you would call that. Newcastle at top with 1.99 expected goals conceded, closely followed by Watford and Norwich. Leicester creeping up there as well. And I did have a little look at, um, like you said, more recent, uh, a more recent time frame and Leicester, I think they were top or worst, if that makes sense. Um, so that's something to note. Um, but kind of what you'd expect, right, in terms of um, bad defences and kind of what you'd expect in terms of good defences, do you reckon? I'd say so. Um, I'm just Before we go on to it, I'd just like, obviously, all of the graphics and the stats and stuff that we've got on these slides have all come from Fantasy Football Hub, who have kind of let us um, use their graphics. So we've got uh, the sort of the link to the website and stuff in the, in the video. So they've kind of let us use them. Um, but, yeah, I don't think there's a huge amount of surprise. Manu being in the middle, you think they're decent defensively, but they've not been great, have they? Um, it's interesting that you've got like Crystal Palace, Wolves, and Brighton, and Spurs, given how they'd started the season, are all in the top eight, and Brentford as well. That does sort of, other than the big three, uh, the big three are the big three, I think that's a given that they're the best defences. 
Um, but followed by Spurs, Palace, Wolves, Brighton and Brentford is probably, you wouldn't have expected that at the start of the season, given how well Leeds did last year, given well how well Leicester did um, and Man United. Um, but like you said, I don't know how different it would be if you looked at the last few games. It's difficult to look at data recently because you can look at the last eight game weeks, but you've got so much variance in terms of Burnley might have only played four. It's difficult to compare team to team, really, at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think as it goes to prove, which makes the back pick sound strange, but pretty much that is the league table, the bottom three. Newcastle, Watford, Norwich, and then the top three, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, are the top and bottom in terms of expected goals conceded. Um, so I think, yeah, I think we all know at this stage of the season who the decent ones are to go for. Um, but yeah, I, in terms of the Wolves ones, I wouldn't put anyone off going for the keeper or defender because we just know what they've been like this season. 14 goals in 19 games conceded. You know, there's a decent chance of a, um, of a clean sheet. Just pop the link to Fantasy Football Hub in the chat if you're watching live. And if you are watching live, by the way, guys, don't forget to hit the like button and hit subscribe as well. If you are new, I'll remember to pop that link in the video description as well for you guys who aren't watching live. They very kindly let us very kindly let us use their graphics and um, we've added our own um, stats then to those graphics. Not our own stats, but you know what I mean? We've, we've, uh, we've kind of made the presentation... Okay, Jack FC next. Let's rip Jack's team apart because he decided not to join us. Um, I'm only joking, Jack. He's got, he's got an emergency. He did say he'd try and pop in, but we haven't seen him. Um, so I got Jack's team up, and next to each of our teams, I've got like a little bit of information about the second chance game. So next to Jack's team, I've got uh, the kind of payouts, right? Um, looking at Jack's team quickly, he's got Saar in goal from Wolves. Then he's got Laporte, Lamptey, and Emerson Royale. He's got Madison, Jota, Bowen, and Saka across the midfield. The Kane captain up front, Dennis and Ronaldo. So he's gone for the Kane and Ronaldo strategy, Sean. Um, do you like what he's done around the Kane and Ronaldo uh, picks? Yeah. Um, obviously, we've talked about Kane and Ronaldo being decent options. He's obviously got the Watford striker as well, and Dennis. Um, Leicester midfielder, as we've said, double to start with, good fixtures. Bowen on fire. He's gone for the Arsenal. Again, Arsenal with Fury and Saka. Um, they've obviously only got singles. Tottenham, Burnley and Wolves. Um, I don't mind that. Um, I think I've gone slightly different. But yeah, Arsenal are going decent guns at the moment. Um, he's got Jota, like I say. I think I'm... I feel okay in the fact that I will swerve... I think I'm going to swerve Liverpool as a whole in the first couple of game weeks knowing that I can get to um, get to Salah using one of the big strikers um, do, do I miss Trent I don't I can't remember if I picked Trent or not but um, yeah, you're going to miss Trent but there is an argument to say with the Liverpool defence is Van Dijk better in terms of the fact he's a, like a million and a half cheaper um, you do lose the attack and threat of Trent but is there that much difference? Because unlike FPL, where you get the bonus points, and obviously Trent is top of bonus points all the time because of just the way he plays, you don't have that in Fanti. Um, you don't get bonus. You only get the only real bonus defenders get is the shots on target, which obviously Trent does 
have quite a few. I think he had he's had eight this season on nine. Um, but is that enough to warrant paying an extra one point five million over Van Dyke? For me, maybe not. Um, not as much as it is in FPL. So, yeah, I think that's one to consider from a Liverpool standpoint. Anyway, it's definitely an interesting point you make about the bonus points. Um, as someone who sold Trent in FPL and didn't really get him back in quick enough, it was bonus points which kind of made me kind of really need him back, if that makes sense, yeah. because he's not just getting um, clean sheets and an attack and return or whatever, um, not always together, but he's also getting three bonus almost every time because of the, the way the system works. And so definitely a, a important point you make there about fan team being different and him not maybe being such as good an asset in fan team than he is in FBL. Excellent stuff. Um, okay. Sean Rovers, we got next, and um, we got some of the rules underneath. Uh, Sean Rovers. Um, De Gea. So for the podcast listeners, we got De Gea in goal, Cancelo, Lamptey, Regulon, Mora, Tielemans, Trossard, Rafinha, King, Kane, and Ronaldo. So you and Jack both got Lamptey and Spears fullback. Uh, you both got a Man City defender. You've got De Gea in goal. He's got Saar. It's quite similar looking, but then in midfield, it's a lot different, right? Yeah. So we've obviously both got a left. Well, I've got Tina and he's got Madison. Um, the midfield is where I'm struggling at the moment. Um, I think my front line is pretty much nailed in terms of I want both the big guns in Kane and Ronaldo and I want a Watford asset. I've gone for King just because if anything does happen, Dennis is his safety net. Whereas if Dennis doesn't play, you get, I think, Jao Pedro is his safety net. Um, so I just like the fact, there's only 0.2 between the two, so I'd rather pay the bit extra knowing that I've got a decent safety net underneath. Defensively, as we discussed, I think Brighton, the thing that I, I do worry about Brighton is the fact they've got the blank. So I might take Trossard out for a Bowen, maybe. Um, I haven't got him in here, and I think he's slightly cheaper. Um, so, but Lamptey, yeah, I want a Brighton defender. And he's the most expensive, most attacking, therefore, seems a no-brainer, really. The thing with Regulon, Tottenham have definitely, again, if we looked over the last 10 weeks in terms of goals conceded, expected goals conceded, I bet they're probably the best performing team, I would say. Or one they're the of. best over, over, I don't know how many weeks, but definitely recently they are the yeah. best, yeah. The issue I've just seen, that there's a few murmurings on Twitter and stuff that Regulon might have an injury, which... I saw something about is, that isn't too bad because I'm guessing your safety net would be, I think Regulon's about 5.2. So I'm guessing you'd get um, Emerson Royale would be underneath, um, which isn't yeah. too bad. Let me check. You've got that up in front of you, have you, Sean? Um, just looking there. Let me check too. Uh, Spears, defence. Uh, yeah, so Regulon is top uh, in terms of price. Then you got Doherty, who's on his way to Wolves, we think. Then Emerson, then Ramiro, then Sanchez. Yeah, so he's right at the top. So it's not too bad. Um, but you get you get another wing back um, on top of him. Um, Cancelo are going for just because there might, there might be an argument in similar to Trent and Van Dijk in the fact that is Cancelo... Um, worth the extra but I don't he's not as much as he I think he's only got 6.7 whereas Trent's nearly 8 million now 
So there's a bigger difference between Trent and Van Dijk as there would be between Cancelo and Laporte, who I think um, Jack had. So I think I'd probably rather pay the slight extra for Cancelo over Laporte than I would do paying a one and a half extra for Trent over. And I think Cancelo is more attacking. I think he's had double the amount of shots on target than uh, Trent this season. He does love a shot. He does love a shot. So I think he's he's a no-brainer. Um, but yeah, the midfield is probably where I might tweak it. I don't really know if I like the thought of double, uh, sorry, triple Spurs. But that's partly due to the fact they've got a double to start with. But I might just switch. I might switch Trossard to Bowen just because I'm going to I'd have to make take out both Brighton players in the third week because they've got a blank because of the Chelsea game. So perhaps I take out Trossard for... Bowen and then maybe switch more into someone as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm relatively happy up on that. Apart from maybe, like I say, maybe going for Backman instead of the Hayer and goal. Good stuff. Um, my team next. Let me just get that up for you guys. I've read out for the podcast listeners. I've got Backman and goal, as we mentioned earlier. Um, I've gone for Keane. I don't really know why. Maybe I'll remember as I'm reading it out. Alonso, Trent, Regulon. Then I got Son, Salah, and Gray, King, Dennis, and Ronaldo. So I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I kind of picked this team a day or a couple of days ago, and then coming back to look at it today, it was kind of a bit like, well, why have I picked him? Why have I picked? Why have I picked these players? Right, but slowly I got the start to realize that okay, Keen, I'm still not too sure about. Maybe it's just because Everton have got a few games or whatever, uh, and I think they play Norwich first, right? Maybe they play Norwich first, and they got a double game week. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up or something like that anyway so I'm not too sure about Keane Alonso I like um, I just like Alonso it's only the one Chelsea player so it's not too much of an issue in terms of the blanks Backman again maybe it was a price thing potentially with Backman um, and I don't know I don't really know why Backman's in there Trent is kind of an obvious one Regulon um, probably doesn't need too much explaining Son, I've left in there because of the safety net, right? So if we look at the Spurs midfield, let's pull that up a second. So, Spurs, so Son is top of the Spurs midfield. So the fact that he's injured isn't really an issue because you get Mora. And then Mora would almost certainly play if Son's injured, right? And he's playing quite advanced. He's doing quite well. I hear Sean's point earlier about the, the gap in money then. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, maybe that's something I'll um, I will change, but I I don't really mind it. I got Salah as well, so I'm doing the Salah strategy. We're expecting him to drop down to Jota, and again, I'll pull up the Liverpool midfielders while I'm looking at this because obviously Salah will be top right in terms of price. Salah top, then Mane, then Jota. Okay, um, but yeah, as we mentioned earlier, there's a huge drop off after that. But you would expect Jota to play. You'd expect Jota to play. So essentially, I got Mora and Jota there. Like we spoke about earlier, you're essentially picking positions rather than players. So Mora and Jota, Gray, Norwich first, um, quite a few fixtures left. Then I got King, Dennis, and Ronaldo. So my my FOMO here is Kane. Um, do I go Kane or Ronaldo, or do I just rip the whole team up and start again? To be honest, because I'm not really sold with any of it. Um, what do you think, mate? I mean. I don't mind the the double up, <clears throat> what for double up? Because I think they've got the best fixtures over the next two. Yeah. The thing with Salah and Son, I get the 
forget the the sort of reason for it in terms of the fact you've got the positions there and you've got the players you want. It's just the fact you've got a decent thing. But with both of them, you've it works out you've eventually got Moyer and Jota. That's nine point three million pounds that you've used of your like, budget yeah. just to get Jota and Moira in. I could see it with one of them. Mm. I don't know how long Sun's out for, that's the problem. Um, I just mm. think a bit like I'm thinking, is triple spurs a bit a bit much? Um a defensively, yeah, Trent, a Spurs defender, back when I said I don't mind, I'm, I'm thinking about it in mine. And uh, Lonzo, a bit punty for me, only because <laughs> really well, I, I, you get the safe net, so you get a decent Chelsea defender anyway. Um, oh, you're not sure if he's going to play? I suppose, yeah. yeah. And they are in the transfer market as well, aren't they, apparently, for left-back as well. The thing to bear in mind as well, what I think of it, with your captains and vice-captains uh, in this second chance game, if you put your captaincy on Alonso, for example, they've got a double to start with. But if he doesn't start either of the two games, you would get, I don't know who's under Alonso in terms of the safety net, but you would get them in. Um, so at the moment... I actually have my captaincy on. I actually do have my captaincy on Alonso. I don't know why. I'll put it on Ronaldo. There you go. But yeah, so if you went for Alonso and you didn't start, you would get Aspilicueta, Chalabar underneath him. But the thing to bear in mind is your captaincy wouldn't go on your safety net. Oh, really? So if you pick a player that doesn't start, your captaincy then rolls to your vice-captain. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. I don't, I don't know what happens if you... I'm assuming that if that's the case for the captaincy, if it rolled to the vice captain, he didn't start either. And you've got a safety net for your vice captain. You wouldn't get a captain, if that makes sense. I would assume so, that would be the same rule, yeah. No no yeah, captain. So you, you need to make sure you've got a decent, assured vice captain starter if you're going a little bit punty on your captain. Probably not mm. as much of an issue in a double game because they probably will start one of the two. Um, I don't mind the Everton pick. Like we said, I had Gray originally. Didn't know why, but it's because of the the extra games and the decent fixtures to start with. I probably wouldn't go double. I'd probably look at maybe yeah. moving. I don't know why I've got I don't know why I've got Keane. I can't figure that if one out. If it was me, I would be tempted to go Keane and Sun out. And if you wanted Moira, go for Moira and then you've got three million quid extra to upgrade Keane to you could go to a Man City midfielder, you could go to I don't know if you've got any money left in the bank or not, but if you've got 14.9 million there, you could get two decent seven and a half million midfielders. You could look at the Leicester options. You could look at, um, I'm trying to think who else has got sort of doubles to start with. I mean, if you wanted to go a bit punty, you could go for a man, man you sort of a Sancho or someone like that. But you, or you go for an Arsenal one like Jack's gone for 15 million at least on two midfielders is you could, you could buy a decent, decent couple with that. You could go Bowen and Foden, something like that. I'm just looking at my team. Actually, the team I've got on the slide I've got Kane in, but the team I've got, I'm looking at in front of me, I put Ronaldo in. So I must have just put Ronaldo in just now, um, switching Ronaldo and Kane around. So um, for any of you guys who are watching, um, just kind of hedging my bets with the having one United player and one Spurs player, I guess. It's yeah, really... interesting. Definitely food for thought. Um, yeah. Definitely food for thought there. Definitely. It's def- the strategy around the game is, is so interesting. The fact that the fact the formation can flip as well. So, like, say, if you go playing a four-three-three, you could switch Kane up. Sorry, you could switch Keane up to a midfielder. You could put Kane down to a defender. It's there's so much strategy with that. And do you 
do you attack for the first two or three game weeks, then wildcard to bring the Chelsea boys back in? Do you try and roll for five and six weeks and then basically you have two wildcards? If you had like six transfers rolled up, do that for a week and then two or three weeks later, do, another, my, do your actual wildcard. That's my, it's yeah, so that's what I'm going to try and, I'm going to try and do that strategy where it's roll, roll like mad. Try and pick players who are safe. But I haven't really done that, have I, with the Watford? Maybe what I'm going to do then, maybe I take Salah out, upgrade Dennis to Kane, take Salah out, and then having Ronaldo and Kane means I can get Salah back because that money is tied up in... If i got two transfers, do you know what I mean? Like it, sounds, it sounds like you're just copying mine and Jack's team now, but... Oh, is it? I'm really joking, I'm really But yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the, Kane and, the Kane and Ronaldo double up. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Maybe that could be quite a popular thing then. I think they would be Ronaldo, especially just because of the, the appeal of Ronaldo. Yeah. And Kane hasn't been as at it this year. But I, I just think I can see the Kane, Ronaldo, Watford striker is will be the template team, I would say. Um, which makes me think people like yeah, I think it will Calvert Lewin yeah. against Norwich. Oh, he is gonna he's gonna be a massive differential for me because I think people will either go two big ones at the top and then go for a bigger midfield of like four midfielders. I just don't see a lot of teams having Calvert Lewin in it. So I think I think maybe one of my three teams I might bank on Kane or Ronaldo not doing anything and going for Calvert Lewin, knowing that they've got doubles further down the line, playing a bit more of the long game. Um, maybe building a team for five to six weeks and going right I'm going to build this team not touch it for five to six weeks and then see where we're at and attack the doubles later on in the season it's just yeah a lot to think about in a short amount of time really cool I think we'll end it there then guys thank you very much for watching Um, do smash a like do hit subscribe and we'll be back next week I'm sure and Jack will be with us Um, thanks for coming on Sean sorry just to let everyone know as well put it on our Twitter page today. I'll put it on the Discord as well. Um, I see if we can get a, a link maybe in the description as well. We're doing a last man standing tournament um, on Dream Sport. So for people that don't know, Dream Sport is the um, the equivalent of fan team, but it's it's free to play. Um, you just play with coins on there. Um, so you get 100 coins a day you can claim um, and you can just, you can play a lot of the same contests. So they've got a second chance tournament on there as well to play. Um, sometimes they do so in the season long you can um, they have prizes at the start for like real money um, but a lot of the time it's just for coins but it's a good, good place to sort of practice strategies just enter sports you don't necessarily play um, but we've made a tournament on there we're going to get everyone um, can enter it and then what we'll do every game week is the I don't know the two or three worst performing teams that game week will be dropped off and then we'll have the last game week of the season there'll be three teams left um, the team that wins it will win. I think we've said, I can't remember the prizes are now, but there's going to be a, a shirt from um, Shirt Loot Box on Twitter, at Shirt Loot Box. Nice. Um, so it's just a, it's a random shirt. You don't know what it's going to be. It could be anything. Um, the winner will get that, plus some fan team tickets. Um, second will get um, a couple of monster tickets, I think. And then third would get, I think, five mini monster tickets as well. So free to play. Um, so check out on Twitter. Um, we've got the link in there. DM us with any sort of questions around how it all works. Um, yeah, it's, it's free to enter. So it's just something for sort of give back to the, the followers and stuff like that. Happy day, Sean. You should have had that at the top of the show. <laughs> just thought about it last, last thing. Apologies.
send me the links then um at the end i'll pop them all in the video description i'll send you obviously the audio from um the show guys thanks for watching again and uh yeah we'll see you soon